This episode is not sponsored, but we encourage you to help support the small businesses, charities and organisations that we mention. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. I'm Rhiannon. And I'm Jess. And today we have a special guest with us and my friend. Please welcome Alana. Yay! Hello. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thanks for inviting me. So we wanted to have Alana on today because she happens to be in Dubai, but she is from the United Kingdom. And we wanted to sort of find out the ins and outs of moving because there are a lot of people who move abroad and it's a scary process. And I think it's just great to speak to people who have that experience. So could you please explain to our listeners or tell our listeners how long you've been in Dubai for and what you've been doing there? Yeah, of course. So I moved to Dubai in January of 2019 um, and I moved here jobless and just decided to figure it out once I got here and eventually started working as a recruitment coordinator within a consulting firm. Recruitment was something I did in the UK and I knew I could find a job somewhere within that department of things. So that's what I did. I'm amazed that you're able to just move there without having the job lined up. Like that sounds terrifying to me. Yeah, like why why Dubai as well? Why there? Well, I have a bit of a cheat code. Um oh, okay. my grandmother, <laughs> yes. My gran moved out here in 1999 with her husband and um she had since divorced and was living out here by herself. And just one day just before I graduated, my mum just kind of said, um, oh, would you let Alana live with you in Dubai after she graduated? And my nan just kind of very casually was like, yeah, sure. But hang on, after- you, want, you wanted to move there, though. <laughs> or your mum was sending you off. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I made it sound. Like. <laughs> um, it's always something I wanted to do, but it wasn't even in my realm of possibilities. Like right. I was very fixated on the idea of like, oh, once I graduate, I'm going to be a teacher. That was my original plan. So I was going to go into a PGCE. But towards the end of my third year, I was realizing that might be not be the path I wanted to be on. Mm-hmm. So I think my mom was just kind of helping me out by suggesting other options. Mm-hmm. And as soon as my nan said yes, I was like, great, okay this is what I'm doing and so I didn't move out here without any sort of knowledge of Dubai I had been here on holidays to visit my grandmother oh so you had been there before yes so Dubai was familiar to me but living here and going on holiday here have been two different experiences okay so could you maybe tell us then how that was different for you like what was it like I mean, even just getting off the plane or, or I'm sorry, maybe I should backtrack. So when you've decided, <laughs> OK, I'm going to move to Dubai, mm-hmm. how quick was that process of then like booking? Um, like, I don't even know if it's a visa that you needed. Like, how quick was it deciding, right, how do I ship my stuff there? Like, how did that <laughs> happen? And then leading up to you actually getting there. Um, so getting here, we're quite lucky with a British passport because we get a visa on arrival. Being here, I've realised that's not true for everyone and like having a British passport is an unfair but reality of a lot of the situations that we have in the world Mm -hmm. Um, but we just have more access to different countries so the actual visa requirements weren't an issue for me however we're only given a tourist visa so you have 30 days to remain in the country and then you either have to renew that tourist visa by exiting the country and coming back in 
or you have to be employed by someone and they give you a permanent residence visa. And mm. so um, I was, I arrived um, on my tourist visa, hoping I'd find my job in my 30 days and I didn't. So I had to mm. do what we call a visa run. And it's, um, you just basically get a bus to Oman, which is borders the UAE. And then you go out and you circle back and you come back in. So you just did oh, like wow. a little day trip and it helps you get another 30 days. <laughs> yeah, gave you another 30 days. But obviously, like that's an option for anyone considering it, but it does become expensive after a while. Yeah. Um, so best to find employment as soon as possible. Or maybe not move out here without a job like I did. Um <laughs> and once that's so much the- pressure. That yeah. must have been so much pressure. Like, oh my god, I've got 30 days, I need to be employed to get this visa, otherwise I'm yeah. what do I do <laughs> oh my god yeah um I got my my job like just before I was had to do my second visa run as well and it was um oh wow just in time so I was really happy about that but it came in it's fine didn't have to spend <laughs> another set of money going out of the country so that's fine and then your visa is valid I believe for three years until oh, you're if you're still with the company you can renew it if you're not then but also just um they are becoming a bit more flexible with visas in Dubai it used to be very strict but now they're even offering freelance visas you have to pay for it and depending on how long it can vary in price but Mm. that never really used to be an option before in Dubai you either had to come in on someone's sponsorship meaning you're under someone's that's already here Mm -hmm. um or be employed by a company that's really interesting that they're actually relaxing the those rules I wonder if that's with the hopes that more people will immigrate do you think I absolutely believe it is because they've introduced laws such as um now um you don't have to be married in order to live with each other which is like a huge change before it's massive yeah yeah and also now you can have inheritance in Dubai so if someone lives here and you bought a house you can pass that on to someone that's not a national whereas before you died you lost the property because it wasn't yours anymore (laughs) so yeah they are changing things quite oh and also you can now own your business in Dubai um 100% before you had to have like I think it was 49 or 50 percent had to be with an Emirati um a national of the UAE but now someone can come in and own 100% of their business wow I mean I remember when I came over so that's how um Alana and I met we met in Dubai when I was there in the end of 2019 early uh, 2020 and um I remember everyone just telling me like stats I don't know why everyone, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if people were trying to like convince me to move there or what but they were like oh like the the population here is 90 percent expats and 10 mm-hmm. nationals and I was like how can that be the, the case and I guess it is because Dubai is so new people forget that it's actually like a really new place really isn't it well even I say that I remember it being built because I I went there as a layover when it was 2006 and it was desert like it wasn't Dubai and then when I came back and I was just like oh my god there's a whole city here now this is mad yeah that's one of the experiences I've had quite I would call it a pleasure of seeing of seeing my like Dubai just become the city that it is now yeah like I said my nan moved out here in 1999 so I've been coming out here since I was about three years old and we used to only have like one place we could really go to and then it slowly evolved into more and more so Mm -hmm. it's been quite cool to see like it just a boom into this 
mm. with like this huge city that we know it as to be now to be Dubai definitely yeah so this experience of moving out there has anyone you know done that like anyone like our age or was that just completely alien and like oh my god what am I doing I know people do it a lot now especially moving out here I met a lot of people that had done it but I didn't know anybody personally yeah. um, I knew some friends who had left for other countries after university but not any of them had gone to Dubai or to the Middle East mm. so coming out here was completely I just had had to figure it out for myself mm. um, the experience of like trying to make friends abroad and figuring out where you fit in and just trying to like not anchor yourself to who you were or who I was in London was it kind of baffled me for a little while but honestly it's been a real real development and like such a huge part of my growth so mm. happy for it when so when you arrived um you said that you've been going to Dubai since you were three so did it feel different at all when you when you get off the plane and you arrive in Dubai you're like cool I'm here to see my grandmother again or it's it like this is my home now <laughs> like do, um, is there any sort of feeling of like anxiety or excitement like what, what's going through your head when you arrive knowing that you're not going to be going back to the UK um I honestly think that feeling didn't hit me until we moved apartments and I had my now my own space because when I moved here my grandmother had been living on her own so she had a one-bedroom apartment so it felt like I'm just coming to visit my gran and I'm going to yeah. sleep on her sofa for a bit and then you know I'm going to go back home but then when we started to look for a two-bedroom place and I'm in have the room that I have now, that's when it was kind of like, oh, this is mine. I'm not going back. I'm mm. I'm here now. And so that's when it started to change as well. And but also by that time I had found a job and um the experience of like being in Dubai came, became living in Dubai because a lot of people associate Dubai with the glitz and glamour and the cars and the mm. bars and I was on the phone to someone the other day and I was like honestly if I was in Dubai I wouldn't be on the phone to my friends in London and I was like well you say that but the same way you get up and go to school or you go to work or you do whatever that's what I'm doing I'm just doing it yeah, in Dubai yeah so it's not just I a big holiday like, exactly <laughs> exactly I'm still making time for all the everyday things because mm. this is just life here mm. yeah uh, what a life <laughs> 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 so I mean speaking of life um what's the quality of life um like in the UAE compared to um the United Kingdom what differences have you found this is a good question actually so first of all I would say that if anyone's concerned about like oh do we have to cover up can women be free then Yes, absolutely. Like, obviously, in certain places, it's more conservative. And at the end of the day, I'm a guest here. So there's certain things that I will just have to abide by because mm -hmm. it's not my land. It's not my country. It's not my ethics. I'm not a Muslim woman. So um, I okay. will have to abide by some rules in certain places. But for the most part, it's completely fine to be exactly who you are. Like I, if you're worried about like LGBTQ rights or anything like that, obviously it's not like we're not waving around pride flags, unfortunately, but I've been to places and seen openly gay men and they haven't been ushered out or scrutinized or 
like mm-hmm. what people might fear might happen. And I will say that I feel so much safer here. Like how so? Because, well, like for example, drinking is allowed here, but it's open displays of drunkenness are not. So people tend to keep it to the bars or like even in the bars, you're not really going to see like, you know how in the UK you might see like sloppy behaviour. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> really sloppy. You, you get it. Don't get me wrong. We have a brunch culture out here and it's big. So it happens, <laughs> but they're very quick to shut it down and escort the person out. And like, I've lost things in Dubai and been able to get them back. I've been blackout drunk myself and managed to get home. <laughs> and um, I, I didn't really recognize how much it impacted me until I came home in 2019, not 2019, in 2020. And I spent about five weeks back in the UK. So it wasn't really a holiday. I got to kind of live my life again a bit. And like I was going, I was visiting my friend's house one night and I was walking past a shop and there was just these two men outside the shop, clearly drunk. And I remember like feeling like, oh my God, like, and I hadn't felt that feeling in such a long time because it's just not something that happens in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that I feel that here. I feel so safe. Like I know that I could get home okay. Like even if something bad did happen, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't escalate to the point where it would potentially in the UK. Right, okay. okay. And do you feel like that is um, across the whole of Dubai, if that makes sense? Or do you think it's just happened to have been in areas that you've been in because like you hear sort of rumors I guess about how it's safe in a lot of areas that like expats are exposed to Mm. but then places are hidden that aren't so safe to like nationals or something is is that what you found at all well I can only speak of my experience and so like I've been where probably most expats and western people have been so it's been relatively safe I can definitely say that maybe if I was going to go to there's certain areas in Dubai that are more what is generally termed like workers residencies where a lot of like your constructions workers and your transportation staff and everything might live so in those areas they're not as well kept so those areas might I might not feel the same experience but the law here still prevails like one of the reasons it feels safe is because Dubai police don't mess about if you get on their radar then you're now at the mercy of the Dubai police so the logic kind Mm. of is stay off their radar and you'll be good and there's enough freedom within that sort of like um in that radar that you don't really need to get on it Mm. unless you're really trying to find trouble then Mm. um you can you can live free freely and safely when you were saying about um some things because you are uh, not considered a national there you don't have certain or you have to abide by certain rules I, I don't know enough about Dubai politics but does that include things like that like say for example voting and things like politically is that something that expats have no rights to as such even though they might be even though they're considered expats they live there like they have residency yeah you don't have any sort of political power out here but like there's so there's a ruling family there's a king and they govern Dubai that's who's in charge here but again it's not like it's not a voting system it's not a democracy out here so even the Emiratis 
they don't really get a say either because oh, it's oh, it's done by royal family and it's the descent goes on to like the son or the brother or whoever's in charge. They have their faces everywhere, right? They're everywhere. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> they are called Isn't chicks. It, exactly. Yeah. Isn't it so strange? It's like such a new place, but with such like old kind of traditions mm. and way of ruling the place. It's so strange. Yeah, it is. Um, like sometimes I really do forget it. Like my grandmother works in one of the king's schools, so one of the ruling schools. So I've always had more knowledge about it, and that kind of brings it home a lot. But yeah, it, sometimes it is really easy to fe- forget that you, like, if something happens, you can't just be like, "Oh, I know my rights." They're like, "No, you don't," because you don't have any. <laughs> what rights? <laughs> 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 exactly. Like it. Honestly, they. The ruling family will say, this is a law now. And that it's just a law. Like, for mm. example, if Brexit was to happen in Dubai, it would happen in two days because they said, this is a, this is a choice now. And okay. <laughs> That's it. You have okay. to go along with it. Yeah. We have to go along with it. Yeah. I was going to say, so you, you said you felt safer in, the, in Dubai than the UK, but was there anything from the UK when you came back for those five weeks that you really missed? friends and family obviously Mm. um what did I really miss honestly I can't say too much about like what I've missed because I have I would say personally my quality of life out here is it's is so much better it's just I feel like what I miss about the UK is the familiarity of it all like in the UK I know exactly where I'm going I've walked these streets before I know the quickest route the best route the safest route I know where my friends live but like it's all so familiar that I don't even really have to think twice about it right. whereas in Dubai because it is still being built essentially a new road can pop out out of nowhere mm. and now you don't know where you're going and if you miss a U-turn so we don't really have roads we have essentially motorways to go everywhere mm. if you miss your turning you're going somewhere new and if you don't know how to get back <laughs> good luck (laughs) and google maps isn't always accurate because again rose can just pop up so that's what i do miss i miss how established london and the uk is oh actually i'm lying transport oh my gosh london underground wow you're a beauty (laughs) (laughs) like they have pavements and you can actually walk places in the uk um Dubai sometimes the pavement will just run out and you're now walking on the road and it's like <laughs> on a motorway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so you can't unless you drive it's pretty impossible to be a commuter I was here. about to ask you do you drive out there I do not which is one <laughs> of my big regrets <laughs> I remember when I was in a car um somewhere in Dubai and I looked out the window and there was a guy on a motorbike and I'd never seen this before and I'm sure they probably have them here but they're needed in Dubai is it's sort of like um almost like a dome over or like cover over the hands because of how hot it is so it's like protection I was like they must be boiling but I was like oh that's actually protect to protect them from the sun and I just thought oh god like trying to just walking places it was so hot I couldn't get over it's it so it's so humid it's not even hot it's oh. humid and it's just instant sweat <laughs> like, yeah. I've never had like my arms like these parts of my arms just get wet all of a sudden you're just like oh I'm in the heat I'm damp <laughs> and it's, it's so is there fun. like is there like aircon everywhere then? everywhere everywhere okay. everywhere right. if you're going to your car the malls a shop 
everywhere has AC. And that is something I will greatly miss in the UK. I mean, the difference is, and I think a lot of people, even people um, in Dubai were saying this to me, they're like, why don't you have aircon in the UK? I'm like, we don't need it. Like we have- it's like a week in the year. That you yeah, need like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need heating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's like, um, it's funny because out here, if I get too cold, I open my window because I'm like, oh, I need a bit of heat. <laughs> that's so wild (laughs) yeah it's completely reversed we had a listener uh question come through and it's kind of based on what you said but they were asking is it as strict there um as it's made out to be regarding the laws and I, I know you've covered that um sort of but I think they were sort of wanting to know how relaxed can you be I guess in the in Dubai you're saying you can be somewhat free I guess even though the police are <laughs> yeah <They're always> <laughs> just like over here in the corner yeah so is that like a false sense of freedom do you think or do you think no it is actually fine you have to really be pushing the boundaries to be trying to get in trouble sort of thing I would say yeah you have to be pushing the boundaries because fair enough okay in the UK certain like outfits I would never wear out here Can because you give an example so t-shirt dresses for example you know how they might stop a bit low and I'm a six foot woman anything that stops a bit low on me is basically (laughs) present for everyone (laughs) so um I can't get away with as much here so I might choose my outfits a bit more conservatively because I know that even though I'm comfortable in it and if I was in the UK I'd walk around a bit and no one would blink an eye out here where it's a Muslim country and like women should be more covered up it might raise a few eyebrows that's more of my discretion because of my height and I'm curvier so I know that not everything fits just the same on me and like I'm sure if someone else did it maybe it wouldn't be as like I don't know rate eyebrow raising but those are some of the things that I keep in mind um if I'm going to somewhere that I know there's a lot more locals. I'll make sure my shoulders are covered. But is that like, a you thing? Is that a you wanting to do that? Or is that because you've been told you have to? You're not told you have to. But like, for example, um, security in some occasions will say to you, you're dressed inappropriately. You either need to cover up or you need to go home, basically. Yeah. Um, it's happened in the past, but like I've learned from those experience, so it hasn't really happened to me now. Right, okay. Um, for example, like real drunken behavior will get you probably noted on the police's radar but it's not like you're going to jail for three years you're, you'll probably get a fine you might spend a night in the cell and then be let out but you're not don't have like a permanent record it's not going to impact you in the same way but like if you got arrested in the UK it might become like a legal process and then become something that you might need to like look into a bit further whereas here it's more like a slap on the wrist and then on your way you have to be doing something pretty illegal like such as like drugs or moving drugs or serious fighting trying to think cases of but I I really can't come up with that many cases this is what I mean right what about like earlier you mentioned that they're kind of being a bit more flexible with um unmarried people living together like I I've heard before you can't walk down the street holding hands if you're not married is that a thing or is that like a myth I would say it's a myth with a sprinkling of truth. Public displays of affection aren't allowed, basically. You okay. can't go openly tonguing your boyfriend down the street. That's just that's just not going to happen. Um, 
So yes, like holding hands, I'm pretty sure like now with 2021, I feel like that could probably happen and be okay. But well, beforehand, say, yeah, because yeah. when, when I was there, I saw couples everywhere. Like, yeah, everywhere. Like, if you're at a brunch, like I would say brunch environments and the hotels and pe- a lot of places where Westerners and expats are, the rules relax a lot. So if you want to walk around in your um, bikini top and some shorts or you want to walk around with your holding your partner's hand, you're going to be okay. But if you now want to do that same behavior in a mall where there might be a lot more locals or mm. um, down a public street, that's when eyebrows will start to go up. You might get on someone, you might offend someone right. and therefore you might be told you need to stop. Right. So it's about knowing where and when to do certain things, but the environment tends to indicate this is, this is okay. You'll, you'll, you'll feel pretty comfortable and like familiar in a place that's um, like a brunch where everyone's mm. rowdy and woohoo and you know it's not going to be yeah. too much of a fuss whereas if I go to like I'm now in a mall where like especially with the popular malls they're really you'll see like all the designer shops and everything so a lot of locals go there and they're not going to be happy if you now start you know walking around in a bar, bra and belly tops and all, <laughs> yeah. all of that. <laughs> what about like in the UK there's you know, obviously going out and stuff, it's all pretty relaxed. You know, you can go home with someone after a night out. Does that happen in Dubai? Yes. <laughs> it does. Yes. So how do people yes. get about, how do people go about that and not be obvious or like offend someone? Or is it just different at night <laughs> in a club? I, I, I again, if you're in a club, you know, people aren't really going to look twice. It's a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, I think if you're staying in a hotel, you might get a bit questioned, especially if it's quite a high class hotel. Mm. You might get questioned of like, who's this coming to your room? What's the relationship of this person coming mm-hmm. to your room? But if um, you go to a bar and you find someone attractive and then you jump in a taxi and bring them home, taxi driver's not going to report you. Security's not going to report you. It happens. I'm not speaking from experience here. <laughs> Mom, if you see this not talking from experience um but it does happen okay so Alana we know that you're coming back to the UK and you're coming back to study social work is that right social work kind of counseling that sort of area helping people oh lovely <laughs> that general area we'll get into that but basically everything you said about Dubai sounds like the most amazing like positive experience so why are you moving back to the UK can you ask myself that? Honestly, you're asking a million dollar question here because I've asked myself (laughs) that about 15 times over the last 25 days. Why am I moving back home? Honestly, Um, I love, love, love my life out here. It's definitely one that I think I will return to in a couple years time. But one of the things that I can maybe thank COVID for, one of the few things I can say thanks for, is that it made me reflect or get on what I actually want to be doing and what I'm currently doing and if it's actually bringing me any joy. As much as I love my team that I work with and I absolutely love how Jay treated us during COVID, like they were amazing. The job itself doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't give me any, doesn't spark any sort of passion in me. And I think moving out here, I moved with quite a limiting belief of how much I could achieve. Like, the life I'm living now, I didn't really think I would achieve it until I was maybe like in my 30s because I'm making a pretty decent paycheck. Like I have um, 
a great life, great friends. Like it was, I was always just getting to a point where I can be comfortable and that's all I really wanted from my life. And Mm. I've managed to do that quite quickly and I'm comfortable now and now I'm not happy. So I think if COVID hadn't happened, I would have just carried on sitting in my little sailboat because I had the perks and the benefits and I hadn't been doing my job for too long. So it would have been like, let's just keep doing this. Like you're up for a promotion. This is a good, safe route. But uh, the world is unpredictable and it's not safe and things can change in an instant. So I just reevaluated. And like I said, this doesn't really fulfill me. Like I said, I do recruitment and it's great to get people with a job and but then it's just, it's kind of just like a stream of like, okay, on to the next. So I just started engaging in what I think I would be good at and what I think would give me some sort of purpose. And I've landed on the social work slash counseling therapy route. And mm-hmm. in order to do that, I need to get fully qualified and um, kind of take a step back. So returning home makes the most financial and practical sense. And then hopefully in fact, like when I'm 30 and I've taken all those big pay cuts and got the qualifications I need, I can come back out here and live my dream life fully feeling fulfilled in what I actually Mm. want to be doing. Is therapy, sorry, is therapy a big thing out in Dubai? Um, So... I can't really speak on it. Like in my company, we do have, um, we do partner with an organization that give therapy. And like during the pandemic, we partnered with them a lot to give on session, give sessions of how to cope with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went through therapy myself, um, but I did it through the site betterhelp.com. Great site mm-hmm. if anyone's looking for it, because it just allows you to connect with a therapist anywhere overseas. And um going through that as well being with a therapist and speaking with him was great everyone should do therapy I'm a big advocate for that I would Mm, love mm, it if everyone could have a therapist it was just going through it like honestly opened my eyes a lot to how beneficial it is to me how how expensive it was and that it's not actually available to so many people I would like to be a part in that story in a giving people the help that they need and like some advice but also making it more accessible and providing it with people that may not turn to therapy because it's so useful it's such a great tool to have that's such a lovely thing to do I just think that's so lovely to be to want to be part of that sort of movement and change and hopefully you are able to take that over to Dubai whether I hope it happens before you're 30 so I mean have you already found like courses that you have to take over here or and and was that sort of part of it as well like um there weren't any courses in Dubai to mm. help you with this journey um no, so courses, a lot of them can be conducted online. So it's not necessarily staying out here. But one of the things that made me say I need to move home is that, like I mentioned before, visas in the UK, if you're going to have a permanent one, you need to be in employment. And um, in order to afford like a solid place to live, I would need to be working full time. I couldn't be able to work. I wouldn't be able to work full time and mm-hmm. maintain a good apartment or quality of life. So it just wouldn't provide me with the time that I need to get the qualifications that I need. So um, moving home is just the best option because then I can live at home as well. And even if I don't necessarily 
live at home, part-time work is more of an option. You don't really find much part-time work in Dubai. And when you do, a lot of the benefits are cut as well. So at least when I'm at home, if I do just work part-time, then rent and food will be the only things that I really have to cover. That's why I'm I'm deciding to move home. I'm really excited for this journey for you. I think it will be something really, really positive for for both you and for anyone who hopefully gets to be um, in therapy with you or whichever sort of Mm -hmm. go down. I think that'd be great. So, I mean, what advice would you give to someone who is wanting to move to Dubai? Do you think, I mean, you've said you don't think they should necessarily just get on a plane and turn up (laughs) even like if it comes to location wise I would say do it just honestly (laughs) it's in do like okay again don't get on a plane like I had the secret of having somewhere to live when I got here so it wasn't too much of a fear for me but living out here has been eye-opening it's been it's it's so it's so much fun like I've had so much fun out here and um, like I met you out here, Ree, yeah. and like you can make friends from all across the world and hear people's different experiences. And if you want to live out here, I would suggest living downtown or towards Marina side. I personally live in a place called Motor City. Um, I call it the suburbs of Dubai because it's just a bit on the outskirts. There's not a lot of high rise building. It's very community feeling, but it's still a great place to live. Um, Dubai can offer you a lot it can offer you so much like if you want to do any sort of entrepreneurships and Dubai is such a great place to do it because it's so new it's so willing to absorb new energies and um, new ideas and you can kind of run with whatever you've got as long as you're a willing to fund it or like actually (laughs) like stick to it so just give it a chance. Like, I'm so grateful that my mum planted the idea in my head and suggested that I move out here because I don't think I would have done it on my, on my own uh, initiative. So even if it's not Dubai and you want to go somewhere and live somewhere else abroad, living abroad, I think, is such a valuable experience. It's, it's great. So give it oh, a go. That was the other thing I wanted to sort of, I mean, I already know, but I'd like you to tell listeners about <laughs> um, the language there. Like, it's... English everywhere isn't it everyone speaks English yeah so I think that's another thing for people to factor in you know if you're worried about moving to the Middle East and thinking I don't speak Arabic I don't speak any of the other um, many languages that are out there yeah (laughs) everyone speaks English honestly like I can speak like four words in Arabic and that's got me by (laughs) so (laughs) you don't need to speak Arabic um you'll find that people usually have at least two languages under their belt though because you meet people from all across the globe so most people can either speak like French and English or it's always (laughs) something and English so doesn't that like instantly make you think god I'm shit or something like when you don't oh absolutely absolutely (laughs) like I I feel useless in my company because um, like I said I work for a consulting firm so we have these consultants from all over the world who can all speak like minimum of two languages like one of my colleagues speaks five she speaks Greek Arabic French no I've said Arabic she speaks five languages (laughs) it's really impressive and everyone around me can speak at least two and I'm just here like I speak English (laughs) okay (laughs) this is this is fine but it's, it's really great like don't worry about the languages learn a language because it's a great tool to have and a skill to have but 
though if you feel like you need it to get here you don't you really don't amazing (laughs) well we love to ask all of our guests what makes up their circle if you're a circle what would your circle be made up of my circle is definitely made up of my friends and family even living out here I would say my biggest support unit and system is still in the UK they make up who I am I speak with them regularly don't know where I'd be without them so they are definitely my circle Oh, I love that. So um, could you please tell us, obviously every episode we dedicate to a charity or a small business or an organisation, and you've chosen a great one for us to dedicate this episode to. Could you please tell our listeners all about that? Yeah, of course. So I would like to highlight the Palestinian Children's Relief Fund. They provide urgent humanitarian and medical aid to children injured in the Gaza Strip. They are legit. I've spoken to people who are on the ground there as well as done my own research and they're well established they're able to provide resources and um, if you're unaware of anything what's happening in Palestine in the moment then I would suggest you do a do a bit of research but they are in dire need of help and um, we should be paying attention to it so if you would like to help out and donate then that's a great uh, charity that you can support great thank great. you so how can um, people find them are they on Instagram so you can find them just by searching um, Palestinian Children's Relief Fund. That should take you straight to their main page where they have a donation link. There you can find more information about how they were established, what they actually do. And you can also, have, again, find their donation links. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. I think it's such a great cause. And like mm-hmm. you said, if you don't have any information at the moment about it, or you don't know, please do the research. There's so many resources out there, especially through our um, our own Instagrams. We're constantly sharing stuff on our stories. So be alert and um, awake to everything. And please donate if you can and try and share these resources with other people that you know. That'd be great. But thank you so much for joining us and teaching us all about your life in Dubai <laughs> that you I want to move out (laughs) do it I'm basically convincing everyone I know I'm like listen I'll come back home and then we can all just go to Dubai yeah (laughs) just all get a big place I'm like guys we just get a villa it's so cheap (laughs) you'll see like everything that's being built up in Dubai and Alana's like right I've secured us a piece of land I'm building my own city we're all gonna move there (laughs) yeah we're wishing you all the best for everything that you're going to be doing and support we can't wait to see it all but thank you so much for joining us today thanks for inviting me this was a great conversation thank you of course and thank you everyone for listening please make sure to like and subscribe to this youtube channel make sure to stream us across all of our platforms which is spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music and rss.com oh i got it all in there (laughs) and we will see you for our next episode Bye.